Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful indeed for this, after, this evening, Lord, to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to be here this very moment. Heavenly Father, we see it as a privilege. A privilege to be before a wonderful king. A privilege to be and come before the king of kings and the lord of lords. Heavenly Father, as we have gathered here, purify our hearts and we ask, O God, that you transform our lives. Father, may we hear you. Transform our minds. Let the Spirit minister to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you that you have called us to be part of this wonderful kingdom. We give you praise and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Claire, I'm glad to see you. Wonderful. It's powerful. It's powerful. Happy birthday. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, we, um, we are in the month of July, and July, by our Lighthouse church-wide calendar, is a month of evangelism. And so I am sure, as I see some people still with tracts and I heard some people had come earlier and evangelizing. It's powerful. Hallelujah. And I think we should continue to do that. And you see, we institute the month of evangelism to also get the opportunity to encourage you. And it is a way that is to make you what you ought to be as a Christian. And to remind you, it's not that we don't have evangelism other months of the year, but it's to remind you that you are called to be a witness. Hallelujah. You are called to evangelize. Amen. And so this evening, I just want to share something very briefly, very brief message with you. And I call this message the mandate of every believer. Wow. The mandate of every believer. Hallelujah. Amen. The mandate of every believer. You see, there are certain messages that are not common in today's churches. There are certain messages that when you preach them, it's not enticing, it's not a a message that pulls crowd. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is not a message that we usually like to hear. You see, people like to be cheered up. People like to hear things that make them happy. Hallelujah. But you see, if it is something that you like so much, then you realize that Maybe God doesn't really like it. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because, you see, the things that we love so much, you realize God doesn't like them. Do you realize that? Yeah. So, we always want to yearn to like what God likes. And amazingly, when you fall in love with the things that God likes, you find yourself having some joy. 
Now, that kind of joy, people of the world cannot understand it. They don't understand why you are happy. See, they don't understand why you are happy about church. They don't understand why you always want to go to church. Do you see? And even if you, you, you are a good singer, you sing very well, people don't understand why don't you find some nice place to sing, some club. You maybe, maybe go on TV, try and go, what they call that, that you want to show how good you are. The voice. The voice. Or American Idol. American talent. Or African talent. Yeah. X, what, X, X factor. Yeah, what is X? See, and then we are falling in love with all these things. We don't even know what is X. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you see, people don't understand why you are happy about the things of God. They don't understand it because the things of God make no sense to the world. The things of God are foolishness to the world. And so if you find yourself, you find something in the world that you are so happy about, then you realize that it's not of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you find you are so happy, you know, when you come to church, the, the thing that excites you the most is, oh, the drama, the way the drama plays. That, that is what attracts you always, you know, when you come and it is Brother John playing, oh. You see, so when you come to church and Brother John is not playing, you are not happy. Then your mood is down. Hallelujah. But there are certain things that we need to hear in the house of God. There are certain things that should be part of us that we always have to hear. And in every time, every time we gather, everything that we share, is, it must be about Christ. Hallelujah. Every time that we, we share anything that we share, it must be about Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are certain messages that are not so attractive and they are not so appealing, but they are the things that are important and they are the things that touch the heart of God. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So I want to share with you the mandate of every believer. The mandate of every believer. Your mandate is not that you have to be in church all the time. Hallelujah. But there is a mandate. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. Matthew 24 and verse 14. I have a very short message and um, I believe you'll be blessed. It says... And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Hallelujah. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. It shall be preached. Jesus is saying, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Whether you join it, whether you are part of it, whether you want to be part of it or not, it shall be preached. And he says, it shall be preached in all the world for a witness. It shall be preached to all the world. That is why anyone who helps the gospel to be preached and getting further and further away from you, getting into the world, you are pleasing the Father so much. You are pleasing the Father. Hallelujah. He says, it shall be preached in all the world. It shall be preached unto all nations. It shall be preached and then shall the end come. That means if the gospel does, does, does not get to the ends of the world, the, gospel, the end will not come. Do you see? So could it be that we are waiting for when you will send the gospel somewhere? The world has not come to an end because there is someone that you need to share the gospel with. Hallelujah. 
There are some people that have never, they, they, they have not even thought about it. Last time, the person I met and I was sharing the gospel, and I said, how is your relationship with Christ? He says, you know, I've not thought about it. I've not thought about it. And then I shared the gospel, the message of the gospel with him. And then he says, oh, but I don't have time. I have to leave. I said, don't worry. We don't need a lot of time. So now, how is your relationship with Christ? He says, now, you know, it's like I've scintillated some thoughts. I said, would you want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior? He says, yes. I said, easy. That's it. Hallelujah. You see, there's so many people who are hungry for salvation. There's so many people who are hungry for Christ. But you will not know. Hallelujah. Unless you try. Amen. Amen. Now, this thing that Jesus said, he said this in the midst of a sermon. You know, he was, he had gathered privately with his disciples. He went, this was the sermon that he developed, he, 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 um, What's the word I'm looking for? This is the sermon that he preached on the Mount Olives. Hallelujah. He preached this sermon on Mount Olives. And it was almost the entire chapter of Matthew 24 and into 25. He preached. This is when the disciples had asked him about the end times. They asked him about the end times. What are the signs? What are we to expect? And he said so many things. And in the midst, he said... And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness. He said so many things, including this particular message also. Amen. Amen. Then after the resurrection, he appeared before his disciples again. And just before he departed, he made sure that of all the messages that he preached to them, that one thing that was so important to him, he wanted to make sure that they got it. They got the message. So he came to them, did not preach the entire sermon on Mount Olives, even pertaining to the end times, the signs and the things to look for. He didn't come to talk about all of these things again. He came to reiterate this verse 14 again. Hallelujah. He came to show them this verse 14 again. And so, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Matthew 28 and verse 18. He says, and Jesus came. This is after the resurrection and he appeared before them. This is the last chapter in Matthew, the book of Matthew. And this is the last scriptures. He says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. And he said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, Amen. Amen. Let it be so. Hallelujah. He says, Go ye unto all the world, every end, everywhere. He says, This gospel shall be preached. Therefore, go. I am coming back to tell you, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel that I have given you. Hallelujah. says, teach them the same thing that I have taught you. Amen. He said the same thing in Mark chapter 16. His last words. The last words of a dying father. The last words of a father who is departing his children. I believe they must be the most important words that anyone will want to tell you see, if you are a father and you have, you have some wealth, you have hidden wealth, you have some riches, and you are dying, you want to make sure that your children know where that wealth is. Hallelujah. I believe the most important things will be the things that you will tell your children. 
You will not tell them to, you not tell your, your, your daughters, learn how to cook, learn, you know, make sure that, you know, you cook for your husband. And those are not the things that you are going to tell. Hallelujah. Remember to brush your teeth, clean your room. Amen. Remember that when you open doors, you wash your hand. Those are not important things. But you tell them the things that are so important to you. The things that you realize that you have the last opportunity to tell them. This is your last opportunity to tell them these things on your mind. And in the midst of that sermon, he said this. And just in case they didn't get it, he came back to tell them again. And so Mark chapter 16 and verse 14. And this also is the last chapter in the book of Mark. He says, afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak the new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These were his last words. And the scripture says, So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Sat on the right hand of God to look to see if they are doing what they are doing. At this moment, he is sitting at the right hand of God, looking to see if we are doing this thing that was so much on his heart that we are carrying on this mandate. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in verse 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. They also went. When they heard this mandate, they also went. Hallelujah. But there were some that in Acts chapter 1, he came again. He had to come again because he realized that we were not doing what we were supposed to do. We were thinking otherwise. There were some that had not taken that mandate seriously. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, he came back and look at the things that happened. He says, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Mercy. Look, they have received, they have received, this is the mandate, he has given them mandate, and he has left them. And as he has come, he realized that the people, they are still thinking about their jobs, they are still thinking about promotion, they are still thinking about restoration of the kingdom, they are still thinking about, oh, Jesus will sit on the throne in Israel, and there will be ministers. You know, this one will be minister for finance, you know, 11 people at least. 11 ministries, they will head them. Some of them will be judges, commissioner for police. This one will be IRS commissioner. And this is what was on their minds. Hallelujah. You see, we are laughing. But that is how we also have become. That once we have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, now, Lord, would you now give me a beloved? Lord, would you now give me children? Lord, would you now give me a job? Lord, would you not give me this? Lord, would you not give me that? 
Would you give me a house? Can I buy? And every time your prayer is, Lord, help me to buy this house. Help me to have this beloved. Lord, help this one to direct this man to come and talk to me. Lord, Lord as I'm going to talk to this woman, may, he, may she say yes. And these things dominate your mind. You see, such that when you rise up and you are going out, you are going out, the mandate is not on your head. Now, honestly, tell me, how many of you, you rise up and the mandate to preach the gospel is the first thing that comes on your head? It's not. That's not the first thing. If you are a business person, you are, you are praying that today there will be a breakthrough. A lot of people, if you are a student, you are praying that today you have 100% on a test. Or you are praying for some financial breakthrough. Amen. The same with them. He has given them a mandate. And then they are asking about restoring the kingdom to Israel, giving us promotion. They are thinking about their happiness, their joy, their luxury, the homes that they will live in. He said, hey, we didn't leave our job for nothing no, to follow you. It's like you, you are tired, you want to work, and you are tired, and you have come to stay here, and you are hoping that the Lord will bless you with something. Amen. So he said, will you now, will you now restore again the kingdom to Israel? And then he said, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons. I, could, I, I, can, I can imagine, I can imagine when they saw his face with the, 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 the way he said it and what was in his voice. That I have been with you, I preached to you, I shared so many things with you and I gave you this message. And just in case you didn't get it, I came again and I, I, I told you the most important thing. And now he, they are thinking of their jobs, their promotion. He says, he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons for which the father had put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. Ye shall receive power. Power you shall receive. But there is a reason why you are going to receive the power. The reason why we are going to receive the power is not to make you a big pastor. It's not to make you some powerful preacher. It's not to make you some wild anointed man and show and have a great ministry and then people are worshipping and people are happy. But the reason why he says, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be witnesses. When you receive power, the sign is that you become a witness. When you, are, when, you, when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you are, you are speaking in tongues, the next thing that we should see is that, you see, he didn't say that you, you, will become, you, you will be like a witness. He says you will be witnesses. That means that you will become witnesses. Amen. It's not like you will act like a witness. Your life will be a witness. You will be a witness. When you receive the Holy Ghost, when that power comes upon you, you will be a witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the outermost part of the world, of the earth. Hallelujah. So when you are born again and you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you must be a witness. You must become a witness. Your life should become a witness. That you, 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 you are living witness. So you are not only witnessing in July. Your whole life is a witness. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? You are a witness. You are a witness. Amen. You are a witness. Witness of what? What are you witness of? You see, some of us, we don't even know what we are witnesses of. Amen. But in another sermon, I'll share with you what you become a witness of. Hallelujah. But he came, it's a reinforcement, the purpose of the power that is coming upon you. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is that you become a witness. And not only a witness 
in this church, but a witness in Samaria, a witness in Judea, a witness in Jerusalem, and you become a witness in the outermost part of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope somebody is understanding what I'm sharing with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. What are we supposed to witness? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, wherein ye stand. Have you received some gospel? Do you stand because you have received certain gospel? Hallelujah. Are you saved? Are you saved? So you receive some message. You receive a gospel. And then you receive Christ. It says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, you see, sometimes our behavior is as if, oh, we, we receive Christ and it's in vain. We really, you know, as, as I've been in a church for a while, every time, if you are not born again, oh, then you also are born again. Do you see? So that it will be on the record that you are born again. You are baptized. You are also baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues. If that's done, then you receive in vain. But if you really are saved, then he has given you the ministry of reconciliation. Look, he says, the next verse, he says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that, this is it. This is the gospel. This is what you are a witness of. He says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. You cannot be a witness to something that you were not, you didn't see, or you are not a witness of. Do you see? So you are going to testify, you are going to be a witness of the same thing that you also received. He says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is it. Hallelujah. This is it. Amen. And this we are supposed to testify. We are supposed to testify. We should not be embarrassed. We are supposed to testify that Christ died and he was buried, and he rose again. If this thing is taken out of what we have believed, then we are of all men the most miserable. Because this is what differentiates Christianity from any other religion. Amen. And this, the world is not able to receive. The world is not able to receive. One time, Paul Paul went to a place and then there were, they were gathered there many philosophers. You know, people who are always searching for new things, new doctrines. Itchy ears. They call it mass hail there. And so he also tried to be very philosophical and deliver a message. Do you see? And when he was delivering, he got the attention. And they were listening. And they were listening. But when he came to this point, which is the gospel, he says that Christ died. He was buried and he rose again. They said, we will hear you another time. (laughs) If you are talking about a man died and rose again, then we will hear you another time. Philosophers don't understand these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They don't understand these things. Amen. Amen. You see, I believe that when Jesus appeared to the disciples, 
the, the, the way he delivered that message. When they saw his face, and when they heard the voice, the seriousness that was in his voice, I believe they got the message. I believe they got the message. Because if you look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 40, Acts chapter 5 and verse 40, they had arrested them. They once, they heard, they went, they arrested them. They beat them up. Look, it says, and to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, you, nobody has beaten you. Shalom, has anyone slapped you before because you are a Christian? No. That you say you are a Christian? Oh. They ignore, they will throw your truck in a garbage and that you are, you are angry, you are disappointed. And you say, this evangelism, I will not go again. Because when you are trying to approach this, this person snapped you. He says, when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You should be rejoicing when the people snub you. As, as even the, the way you have come with your high heels, that is why even July we say dress down. The way you are coming with your high heels, when somebody snubs you, you will be very, very angry. Because you see, a nice lady in your high heel, you should be attractive. And the people are snubbing you, you'll be angry. So we say, no high heels, don't just wear your shorts, jeans, and just come and witness. Amen. Amen. If you are wearing your suit, nice gentleman, you're wearing your nice suit, and people are snubbing you, you will not be happy. You know? <laughs> you will not be happy. But look at these people. They said that they departed from the council. When they had beaten them, they had beaten them very embarrassed. Grown men, grown men, they stripped them, whipped them, lashes. Very embarrassed. And they left the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame. To suffer shame for Christ, they counted it worthy. That it is a worthy thing. That they snub you, Ellen, is a worthy thing. That somebody threw your truck, they took it and right in front of you, they put it in a garbage. Some people, you give the truck to them and they, they crumple like this and then they put it down. The other day when I was coming back, I was picking a lot of trucks from the floor. A lot of the trucks that I gave you, I picked them from the floor. We will give them again. But we are counted worthy that, oh, I gave the truck and he threw it out. Wow, Lord, we should be rejoicing. Salome, do you understand what I'm saying? You should be rejoicing that even they snubbed you. You should be rejoicing that you were trying to witness to this person and he didn't mind you. You should be rejoicing when you are sitting on a train and you are trying to, this, yesterday in the morning, I was trying to witness to some people. Oh, look, sometimes you feel very embarrassed. But you should be rejoicing. You should be rejoicing. Oh, this scripture is very encouraging. It should be very encouraging. I was going to work. I was on a train and I'm wearing scrubs even. I was wearing scrubs. And you know, when you're wearing scrubs and you talk to people, they respect you. <laughs> Do you understand? But for, for Christ's sake, people are all messy. But we should be rejoicing. We should be rejoicing. I said we should be rejoicing. We should be rejoicing. He says they, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. To suffer shame for his name. Hallelujah. To suffer shame for his name. 
they were rejoicing that they, they are suffering shame, that they are embarrassed. They are embarrassed because of Christ. They are embarrassed because they are mentioning the name of Jesus Christ. They were rejoicing. And daily in the temple and in every house. Remember, they have told them never to preach about this Jesus again. Never let us because they have beaten them. That means that if you do it again, more beatings. But the Bible says, and daily, not July, not in the month of July. until the church is dressed down. They didn't wait until it's summer. It says daily they were in the temple. They were in the temple every day. And not only in the temple, but they were going from house to house. In every house. Who has the, who has the scripture open? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. It says, And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. I tell you, they must have seen something in the eyes of Christ when he came to them. They must have heard a voice that they have never heard before. They must have heard Christ like they have never heard him speak before. I think when he came and he gave them this mandate, they heard something that they have never heard before. And they realized that beating or no beating, we will preach the Christ every day. Beating or no beating, snubbing or no snubbing, tracks or no tracks, July or no July, we will preach. We will preach. Hallelujah. It says they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They cease not to preach and teach Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, when someone is serious, when someone is giving you a message and you look at the person's eyes and you hear the person's voice, you realize that my father talks, but not like this. I think this time, the way he's talking... I think he's serious about this thing that he's saying. I think he means business with this thing that he's saying. Hallelujah. Paul, Paul was another person. Paul, when he had an encounter, you see, he heard Christ talking about his message and this and this and that, and then after he was gone, the churches rose up. He was persecuting them. But when he had an encounter with Christ, when he saw, he said, Saw, 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 saw says, who are you, Lord? You know who he is, but you're asking, 
Who are you? He could see the seriousness. He was afraid. He could see that this man means business. Bright daylight. Bright daylight and he has faced him in the middle of the street. He could see that the man was not joking. He could see. Amen. Amen. He heard the voice. He says, I heard this gentle Jesus preaching around and healing people quietly. They arrested him. Even the time that they were beating him, he didn't say anything. But he heard the voice. I believe that he must have heard certain voice that he had never heard before. Amen. And so Paul said, look at what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. Okay, your thing is not working. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. You see, this is when he had gone to Mass Hill and he has tried to be philosophical, preaching, you know, and trying to also show that, you know, we are all learned men and they snubbed him and they, when he came to the Corinthians, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. The man must have seen something. The man must have heard a voice from that Christ. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians, still, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. I said he heard something. He thought this Jesus was a gentle Jesus. He thought this Jesus was a very calm, you can just persecute these people because he has been going on for a while and nothing was happening. He says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He says, Necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. You have no idea what I saw. So when he appeared before Agrippa, he was ready to face them. You have no idea this Jesus, don't joke with him, with his mandate. He came back to tell them before he finally left them. Don't joke with it. You have no idea. Amen. He says, woe unto me. Woe unto me. If I preach not the gospel. Hallelujah. Beloved, we have a mandate to preach the gospel. We have a mandate to share the gospel. We have a mandate to share the gospel with everyone that we encounter. Amen. Because we have received the ministry of reconciliation. That God reconciling his people unto him. He has given us that mandate. He has given us that ministry. If he has saved you, he has given you that mandate. Amen. We should see it as something very, very serious with Christ. That if he has saved you, because you see, when he appeared before Paul, he could have just killed him. He saved him. And he says, you will be my witness. He saved you so that you become a witness. I say, he saved you so you become a witness. Your life should be a witness. You should be a witness with the person you sit next to on the train. You should be a witness to the person you sit next to on the bus. How come you sit on the train and you sleep? You sleep before anyone comes to sit with you so that it's not your fault that you are sleeping. How come you are working with all these people in the office and you have not mentioned Christ to them? You have not mentioned Christ to them. 
You have not said anything about a mandate that is upon your life. A mandate that is upon you. You rise up and it's not a thing on your head. You have a mandate. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. I'm reading a lot of scriptures with you, but um, receive them. He says, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is when people have been separated apart, that you bring them together again. That the ministry of bringing people back to God, He has given us that mandate. He says, All things, He says, He has given us a ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For he had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. I say we have received mandate. We have a mandate to reconcile people to Christ. We are we have we have become witnesses. If you have received Christ as your savior, you have been transformed to become a witness. You are not the same person anymore. You have become a new person. Hallelujah. Because if you read the preceding scripture, which you like, and every time you say it, it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Verse 17 of that same chapter. It says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have become a witness. You have become someone who is supposed to reconcile people to Christ. That means your life also should be a witness. The way you live your life, at the job, at home, the way you relate to your wife, the way you relate to your husband, even if the person is not a believer, the person should now be attracted to Christ. Amen. The person should see that there is some Jesus in you. There must be something in you for you to behave now the way you behave. That all these things that I do to you, you are still treating me nicely. There must be something that is not normal. Amen. I say you have a mandate. Your life should be a ministry. Let me read the last scripture to you. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 17. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth. Look, I'm telling you, it is only when Christ appears before you that you will hear the words, the seriousness of his words. And when you look in his face, you see, a lot of us, we are waiting for Christ to appear before us before we we feel we are called. You see. I believe that if Jesus appears in your bedroom tonight, if Jesus appears in your bedroom tonight, Claire, if you go to bed tonight and then you wake up, your child is crying, you are going to pick your son and look where he's sitting at the foot of your bed. You say, I have asked for Jesus, I have asked for Jesus, asked for this reason. <laughs> you will see, and, he's, and he will tell. He says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. 
You go to work and you come home. You go to work and you come home. You go and you come home. I have made thee a watchman in the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. When I, this is the warning. He says, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die. And thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. That means he shall die in his sins. But his blood will I require at thy hand. Yet, if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Thou hast delivered thy soul. That means your soul is in danger. You see, you think you are born again, you are done. Your soul is in danger. I say you have a mandate to testify, to be a watchman. There are so many people who do not know about Christ that you work with, you, some of them you chat with, you eat with, you, you, do, you go to school with. Some of them, you, they live next door to you. Your responsibility, look, you are not the one that saves Christ. We don't have time, but I'll share something next time we meet. I'll continue. You are not the one that saves people. You are not the one. You are not the one that gives salvation. Your responsibility is to be a watchman for God. He says that, he says, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. Just give them warning for me. That is all, David. That is all you need to do. Give them warning for me. God is saying, give them warning. Warn them that, listen, this life that you are living, if you don't receive Christ and you die, you go to hell. He said, oh, clear off. You have delivered your soul. You have delivered your soul. But if you do not give them that warning... And that person dies in his sin. His blood is upon your head. So can you imagine all the people you went to school with that you didn't share Christ with? All the people you have worked with. They fired you from that job. You worked with a lot of people. Or you came to the other job. There were a lot of people. They fired you here and you went to the other job. God is giving you. You see, sometimes you think they just fire you by accident. God is giving you opportunity to witness to all these people. Amen. From one class to the other, you change class. You are doing this now, different set of students. And you didn't warn any one of these people. You are just alone, born again, nice chick, born again. And you didn't warn them. And they all die and they go to hell. I was listening to a a man of God and he's saying that a friend, a friend of his, he had a dream, a pastor friend. He had a dream. And in the dream, he had had gone to hell. And when he went to hell, he saw his friend. He saw his friend in hell. And he says, "Ah, what are you doing here? He says, this is where they brought me home. He said, ah, hell, here? He said, yeah, this is where they brought me. Oh! And he knew that, you know, he never really, because this guy was, he never really shared Christ with a guy. Do you see? So when he woke up, he was really frightened. He was really frightened. He said, what kind of dream is this? What kind of dream is this? And then, his mother called him. His mother called him and his mother, he and his mother were chatting. And as they were chatting, his mother said, oh. So in, in a dream, in a dream, the friend told him, he says, oh, I died Friday. I died Friday and they brought me here. And then he was wondering why. And then he woke up in sweat, fighting him. And his mother called him. And when he was chatting with his mother, his mother said, oh, I have not told you. This friend of yours, he died last Friday. He said, What? 
I'm telling you. He said, this friend of yours, he died last Friday. Look, heaven and hell, they are real. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. You see, you want, you want something filly-filly. You know what is filly-filly? <laughs> Before you believe. But I tell you, I tell you that if someone from hell was to come and tell you that, look, heaven and hell, they are real, you won't believe it. Oh, yes, you won't believe it. So all that you will get is what I'm sharing with you. Your friends are dying. Your relatives are dying. Your mothers and your fathers are dying. Some of you, you have fathers, your own parents. They are not born again. And you have not shared Christ with them. Because as for my father, share Christ with your father. He will not receive it. He will snub you. He say, stupid boy, when did you want... Am I your co-equal? You talk to me like that. You have delivered your soul. You have delivered your soul. You know, I don't know. You know, they say, sometimes I don't understand, but they say, in heaven, there will be no, you know, our tears will be wiped away. You know, we will will be, you know, always happy. But what about when you think that your mother or your father is in hell, suffering? I don't know. Would you be sad? I don't know. Maybe you will not even remember them. They will be in hell. Your joy is that's it. Will be, our thinking will be different. Because the Bible says that we will not inherit that. We will not inherit heaven with this corruptible body. Do you see? So this corruptible body that thinks about people's troubles and people's problems. Look, look, when we go to heaven and you, you are not there, I will not remember you. And those of you, and those of you, those of you who, you, you are praying for people who have died. People who have died and you are praying for them. And you are praying that little by little, they will just slowly get to heaven. You are joking. I say you are joking. It is an old thing that people we have believed in. Look, if someone dies, there's no need to pray for the person anymore. And you pray that, oh, may God give him some place to stay. (laughs) Our time is up. Our time is up. Our time is up. Stand onto your feet. Oh, there are many that have died and they have gone to hell. Many of your classmates, you will not see them again. Pray, pray that, pray that they will encounter someone who will witness to them. Many of your friends, many of your friends, you used to chase women with them. You used to drink with them. You used to smoke with them. You used to do all sorts of things with them. You went to school with many of your classmates who did not know about Christ. And you did not share Christ with them. And you will not see them again. Pray that God will send them someone their way to witness to them. That their blood, their, their blood will not be required upon your head. Pray that their blood will not be required upon your head. Yes. Oh, yes. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, ask the Lord, ask the Lord. Father, send them someone, send them someone that their blood will not be required upon my head. Their blood will not be upon my head. Their blood will not be upon my head. We went to school with thousands of people. We had an opportunity. We were joking together. We were singing together, singing all sorts of songs. Profanity. Yes. I own Testimony 
again to testify of the gospel we thank you lord we bless your name in the name of jesus if there's anyone here this evening you have not received jesus christ as your personal savior heaven and hell they are true they are real if you are here this evening you know the life that you are living. That if you die today, if you die tonight, you know the kind of life that you are living. That if you were to die tonight, you are not sure if you will go to heaven. If that is you, lift up your right hand, wherever you are. And let me share the story of Jesus Christ with you. The love of God is here to save you. The blood of Jesus is here tonight to save you. 
if this is you lift up your right hand and I'll share with you a simple prayer that will reconcile you with God are you the one have you received Jesus Christ as your savior if you die tonight are you certain where you are going beloved if you are not sure of where you are going tonight is your night tonight is your night lift up your right hand and i'll share christ with you anyone here like that anyone here like that why don't you all join and let us say together say lord jesus lord jesus thank you for dying for me thank, thank you, you for dying, dying for me lord jesus lord jesus please forgive me of my sins please forgive me of i believe you are jesus i believe you are jesus i believe you are the son of god i believe you are the son i believe you died for my sins i believe you died for i believe you were buried i believe you were buried i believe you rose again on the third day rose again on the third lord jesus lord please forgive me of my sins please forgive me of my sins come into my life come into my life make me one of your servants make me one of your servants lord jesus lord jesus take control of my life take control of be my master be my be my savior be my lord please write my name in the book of life in the book of thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you for saving me for saving jesus name amen amen We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.